0: Welcome Pathfinders to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask adventure path. Now, as you have no doubt noticed, this is not our usual format, and that is because unfortunately due to unforeseen circumstances, there will not be a new episode of Mummy's Mask this week or next week. Now, we of course greatly regret that, but we do plan on returning back with our continued adventures of the Doorkeepers of the Duat as quickly as possible. Now, unfortunately, in the meantime, that means that we do not have a new episode to deliver to you. However, there is a project that I've been working on for some time that I think that even if maybe not as entertaining as a new episode, will be a fun look back. So if you'll join me for part one of our two-part Mummy's Mask recap to get the stage set, if you will, for the finale of the Mummy's Mask adventure path. As we get close to the end of book five and into book six, I figured it'd be a good time to take a look back at everything that we've done up until this point. And so that we can look forward with, uh, with everyone on the same page going into the, the final chapter of the story of the Doorkeepers of the duwat So without further ado, let me present the Mummy's Mask recap part one, or the one where Norma recaps.
1: Hey gosh, let's sit for a bit while the others are getting ready to stop for today. The now, there's been a lot going on, and it looks like we're getting really close to the big final confrontation. You might say, we're in the end game now. So, I thought it would be a good time to take a look back to see how we got this far. One last look behind before we pull a pyramid down from the sky and shave the world from evil. Now, as you know, I wasn't actually there for half of the story. Also, I've spent about half the time since I joined the doorkeepers inside of a back. So I'm not sure how much I've actually seen. But I have borrowed Citrus journals, so I have plenty of good idea of what all went on. So, let's go over all of this before she notices. We'll start with book one. There are actually five books, journals really, in total. Man, she just writes a lot. So, we'll go book by book. It looks like we're about to have to start with a sixth book soon. Anyway, book one. Our story began in the city of Wati called the half-dead shitty, which is kind of pessimistic if you ask me. I would have called it the half-alive shitty, Much more upbeat. So, the necropolis of the city was opened up by a royal decree of the ruby prince who got tired of people stealing our stuff and then shelling it to other people. And so decided we should steal our own stuff and sell it back to us. So, the priests of the local temple to Frashma, the Grand Mausoleum, assigned sites for exploration and adventuring, which is kind of like code for grave robbing. And so, they gave everyone a chance in a lottery to try to figure out things because of fate or something. So, but more importantly, this is where the doorkeepers of the Duwat were formed. There was Shudi Kantar, a former thief or something, turned monk who trained with the Grand Mausoleum's legendary warriors, the voice of the spire. Also had a lot of rope. I'm not really sure what it's mentioned here, but it is. And then there was Shitra Nahamra, another former thief, turned scholar and artist whose family suffers under an ancient curse. Also, she's really good at stabbing things, which I guess is something that they teach you in art school in Tefu. Joining them was Shagira Mabe, a former thief and also a current thief. I've actually starting to cinch kind of a theme here. She was a skilled swordswoman who also loved cats, and by extension, cat gods. Finally, there was Anurs, an exiled nobleman Actually, hey, not, not a thief. And a priest of the shun god Horish. Also, they would learn later that he was a reincarnated pharaoh. Also, also, he liked birds. Anyway, they teamed up and were given the first of their three sights. The doorkeepers were granted access to the tomb of an ancient military commander, Akinthebi. Don't worry about remembering his name, it's not important. There were some cool death traps, uh, a man, or in this case a cat-eating sarcophagus, and little action figures that tried to kill him, which actually sounds pretty cool to me. I would really love one of those action figures. I would have put them right in here, right next to Stinger. They cleared the place with no problem, and as a bonus, they saved a cat on the streets outside, which I understand is a good redeeming moment for anyone going through a character transformation. This cat was Isra, who became a loyal companion to Shagira. Well, as loyal as any cat can honestly be. Also, when I say cat, I mean a six-foot-long panther. So, when they went back and celebrated at the bar, there was also the inn. And also the place that they were staying. But also, I think, maybe a shop. The Tooth and Hookah. There's a cute little drawing here in the book. Maybe see it there. It's got a little alligator there smoking a hookah. I met him once. He was actually pretty cool. But yeah, Shitra met a handsome rogue there named Falto, who was leading another group of adventurers. They would kind of hit it off eventually, but not at first. It was this will they, won't they kind of thing. It's been this whole ongoing romantic subplot. Anyway... The doorkeepers then explored the House of Hantaru, a haunted mansion of a noble whose family was all killed in the plague of madness. Don't worry about remembering his name either. They fought a shandevil devil and uh, like a div, which we obviously have much more experience with later, and this bad-headed thing who tried to kiss them, which as a side note, non-consensual kissing, not cool. Apparently, this is called a Vargui, which is just kind of fun to say. On their way back, the doorkeepers encountered a group of adventuring Netish worshippers called the Scorched Hand. They helped them out of a jam, and this is when they met the wizard Azaz kind of important to remember his name, the priest Kelru. more important, a swordswoman Adori, who was kind of important for a bit and then wasn't anymore. And the wizard Valriana, who was important, but she's dead eventually. Sorry, spoilers. Also, Azaz had a scorpion named Zazu, which I really wanted to adopt. But I wasn't there, so that was much later. And then later on, they were keeping an eye on It uh, the whole thing. Anyway, the two groups helped each other out. And then the few met for a date later on that night. Also, Enurish found a bird that had been shocking him. And by following him really everywhere he went, and then got in a fever dream vision or something like that, it was pretty cool. He named the falcon on Onherit, and then Onherit joined them. I would have named him Beaky. Around the same time, Falto got really sick. Shoshitra found a Farajman priest named Tapmaniv, which is actually spelled with a P, to help him. He eventually got all better and the gang made a new friend. Technically two new friends, but that's also spoilers. We'll get to that here in a bit. So around this time, Shigeru found out her mother was murdered. What she didn't know was that she and the murderer were heading to the same place. All of this was just build up to the last location they got, an abandoned temple the priest believed was dedicated to Nethish the god of magic. It was called the Shankdom of the Erudite Eye. Apparently, Erudite means having or showing great knowledge or something. Anyway, checks out. The doorkeepers went there, but they were jumped by the silver chain. They're a gang that Sitcher's brother used to work for, which is another wrong story in and of itself, who they also would later find out worked for the forgotten pharaoh, I'll show more on that guy later. And also were maybe hired by Velryon of the Scorched Hand because she wanted the Sanctum of the Erudite Eye all to herself. There's actually a lot going on there. After dealing with the gang, the doorkeepers explored the abandoned temple, but the Scorched Hand were already there, looking to find the secrets buried inside. Even more surprising, our guys found signs of a mysterious third intruder. The tracks of a barefoot man. They followed these tracks, having to fight some standstorm guy, which sounds kind of familiar, and a little rock guy before heading down below the temple. And then they fought a statue guy and I think some more dead guys. Here, they found a hidden reliquary of the Thrice Divided Shoal. Sorry, let me try that again. The reliquy of the Thrice Divided Shoal. They wouldn't learn this until much later, but this was the hiding place of the Mask of the Forgotten Pharaoh, which was stolen by the Barefoot Man. After dealing with the Scorched Hand, killing Valrian in the process, and completing their search of the Sanctum, the doorkeepers learned that something was removed from the shrine and that shed item was buried there by the ancient Pharaoh the II. Which has a J in there, it's kinda of hard for me to say it. What they didn't know at the time was the mash contained the call of also, the Sky Pharaoh Hakatep. Also that De the II, who hid it there, was on Yurish's dad. From a past life. Also, also, the guy that made the mask was Chitra's ancestor. Also, 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 the guy that stole it was Shagira's cousin, neb Also, 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 that neb killed Shagira's mom. And was about to do even worse things. That's all pretty crazy. So, Not knowing any of this, the doorkeepers returned to what he's living half to get some well-deserved rest. Falto was recovering well, and the guys gave a hedge up to the temple that, like, things didn't go as planned and maybe some bad stuff was about to happen. At this time, Shooty ended up meeting up with some viper guy. Unfortunately, not an actual talking snake, but just some dude named a viper. Who was the leader of a gang that Shudi and Shakira used to belong to? The Viper, again, not a snake, brought him in for one last job. He made him an offer he couldn't refuse. In the meantime, Shitra found out from some documents that her ancestor was somehow connected to the missing artifact and the Church of Nethish, and that maybe this was the cause of her curse. So, that gets us into uh, to book two here. So in book two of Citrus Journals, the doorkeepers decided to attend an auction at the Canning Jackal, where they could sell the stuff that they got from Watish Necropolis. They did some mingling and got some foreshadowing only to find themselves and the entire city under attack from a plague of the walking dead. The doorkeepers had to fight a mummy and some calling hands and some other stuff. It all actually sounds really exciting whenever you read this. The doorkeepers helped out where they could, working with the church and on yours, his mom from this life, not a previous life. The one from his previous life has been dead a long time. It gets really confusing. They decided to clear out the undead and to figure out what was going on in the city. Because deep down, they're all heroes. While out in the city, they met an invisible bird that ended up being a psychopomp named Quashen. She was friends with the priest Tetmanib, who had been kidnapped by the Silver Chain. Again, the, the gang was secretly working for the Cult of the Forgotten Pharaoh, which you guys didn't know at the time. The doorkeepers defeated the Silver Chain and its leader and freed Tetmanib. But on the way back out, the Viper confronted him again and they made a deal to help find his missing Shun, which they only ever referred to as snakelet in here. I don't actually know what his name was. Still, helping the Shitty, the doorkeepers got into fights with undead and Pomps gone wild like they're on vacation. Eventually, they split up, but got into even more trouble as an undead Valeriana tried to kill Shitra in her bedroom. And Shitty got his eye ripped out by a skeletal judge. Which really sucked for Shuti. But it did help with his scrappy aesthetic and, and maybe just the general awesomeness of his appearance. The next day, though, our guys met with Shepti the Crocodile, which is the high priestess of Phrasma, and Nakat Shepish, which was the head of the Phrasma warriors. They caught a voice of the spire Shooti's one of them. The doorkeepers decided to find the source of the necromatic energy coming out of Necropolis. Before Shepish could summon an army of psychopomps to clear the shitty of undead, and maybe also all the people, they were sent to what he shitty of the dead, which was now overrun with armies of the undead. They had to sneak in, which actually led to a fight with a hippo, which was pretty cool. Shouting, I wish I was there for it because hippos are cute and also deadly. They then went into a sphinx. There's a statue of a sphinx, not a literal sphinx. There was a fortress, actually, not actually just a statue, but it guarded a secret passage to the necropolis. And inside, they had met with Chidashura, who was a sphinx, not a not a statue of a sphinx, a literal sphinx. So it turns out Dish was the sphinx that delivered the orphan baby Sudi to his father in Wati years before, and that he was the last of an order of living monoliths, known as the Eyes of Ra. Also, that she took care of On Yurish when he was out in the parts dunes and taught him the ways of Horus. Also, eventually, they would learn that she was the protector of the tomb of Tshisek, the architect that worked for Hokatap, whose call was in the mass that they were looking for, and also, he's kind of my dad. Anyway, there was a lot there. So, Teddy Shura put Sudi's special stone... On his forehead, and then shint them away, back into the necropolis. Now, what they got inside, the doorkeepers had to deal with undead and gang members and a crystal dragon. All that to activate an ancient undead finding compass. They tried to find a viper shun, but then they decided they didn't really have time for that. I'm sure that that didn't spiral into some sort of crazy quest for some other people or anything like that. I'm I'm sure it's fine. They also had to fight some more forgotten Pharaoh that exploded when they died. Which was kind of novel at the time, but it was already getting kind of old by the time that Mashika and I joined the doorkeepers, and it got really old after that. Anyway, so when they activated the artifact, it led them to the hidden tomb of an ancient Farajman Inquisitor. Here, they were ambushed and forced to fight and kill Merit Hetef, the local leader of the cult of the Forgotten Pharaoh, who was also looking for the source of the undead, raising magic, who was also a friend of Halish, who you'll meet later, although obviously you already know who are, but in the, in the course of the, mer- the narrative here, you'll meet Halish later. They didn't know at the time, but she knew that the call pulses were raising the dead, and it all came from the mascot of Forgotten Pharaoh. All that wouldn't come out until much later. Getting into the tomb, though, they learned that the barefoot man was behind all their problems and that he was really a necromancer named Nephthukhufri. He was the one who stole the mask from the sanctum of the erudite eye and was now using its powers to create an army of the undead to... I don't actually know what his plan was. I'm going to assume world domination. Anyway... Funny story, they actually learned all of this from his grandmother's head, which spouted prophecies and was carried around in a birdcage, and some undead guy used her as a flail. I'm actually really sad I wasn't there for this part. Also, the head was Shagira's grandmother, too. So, the doorkeepers fought their way through the tomb, killing undead, and more undead, and maybe even some more undead. There's really just a lot of undead. It kind of seems like it makes up for the last book and by the book I mean the last journal and they didn't have much undead in there in the last journal which was the last book eventually they confronted the evil necromancer in the heart of the complex now calling himself the Sky Pharaoh you see he gave up his sword to activate the mash and raise all the undead and so as part of Harkatep seems to have joined with them. and it's again it's all really confusing but The doorkeeper defeated him and took the mask to the forgotten Pharaoh, and Onurash figured out that its necromantic magic created the undead uprising, but could also destroy all of the undead. So he activated it, and to do this he had to put it on, but in doing so he learned that it gave him crazy visions of a past life to him or anyone else that was wearing it. After that, they, they kind of figured out that the Cult of Forgotten Pharaoh was trying to find the Mask of the Forgotten Pharaoh and use it to return the Sky Pharaoh Hawka chap to life. To retake the throne, most probably. After returning back as conquering heroes, the doorkeepers took off a month or so to let Septi the High Priestess try to divine the powers and history of the Mask. However, the Viper, again, just a dude, not a talking snake, called out shooty for failing to find his shun, Shagira, overhearing this, I'm going to guess by pressing her ear to a wall or something, decided to leave and try to settle Shooty's debts for him. Although, she also had a rock that she thought her mom's ghost was in or something. But she and her kitty left the doorkeepers to go off and do something with this guy. And we've only heard the occasional rumor of them ever since... And, oh, and a note, we found this one time in another place, but that's also a future story. The rest of Citra's second journal is actually just more drawings. Uh, you can see an uh, improvement in her art style, actually, here, so she seems to have been getting a little better. It's almost like uh, stabbing mummies and surviving deadly traps has given her more experience as an artist. Humans are kind of weird like that. So that gets us into book three. Now, book three starts after a month or so when the doorkeepers learned from the high priestess of Phorasma, Shebti the Crocodile, which is just a kind of a cool name, that the mask could only be put to rest by rejoining it with the other pieces of the Sky Pharaoh's shoal. To do this, they would need to find his tomb, which would only be known to his architect, my short of father, Tshisek. So... To search for information on the Sky Pharaoh Harkatap and his best bud and architect, Chisicek. I'm just, that's just me kind of inferring. I don't actually know, but they kind of felt like best buds to me. The doorkeepers traveled to the city of Tefu to explore the archives of its great library. On the way there, they met a chicken named Sugar and her wizard, Hollis Darkweather. She's a follower of Netish, who had been friends with Berethethev and was looking for her friend Serethet, who she believed was taken by the cult of Forgotten Pharaoh. What they didn't know at the time is that Serethet was actually the Forgotten Pharaoh, possessed kind of like Nebtekufri was, by another third of Hakatep's soul. Anyway, Hollis joined the party. They got to Tefu okay, but they had to navigate the city's politics to gain access to the library. The city was basically under the control of the Church of Nethys, whose high priest was also the governor. It kind of seems like a, a failing in the separation of church and state, which we don't really have here anyway. To go around her, they used their greatest weapon, how sexy Onuris was. They did this by having him try to get on the good side of a woman named Mama Nafra. Who was some important person to the Ruby Prince, and so Bash she could go around the Hacha of Tefu and the Nethian High Priest, basically Dekka and Karat, who was the leader there. Anyway, I mean, surprisingly, it seems to have worked somehow. I don't really understand what her position or powers were. Turns out that chicks did guys with birds though, so it all kind of worked out in the long run. The doorkeepers then had access to the archives, but had to search through multiple different parts of the Great Library. There was one with a Medusa and some invisible guys who were actually very polite and nice. And then there was one with all this dark stuff and with a skeleton golem, which is kind of cool. He could, like, take his ribcage off and throw it at people. And there was even one with some clockworks, like me. So probably more Tshisek stuff because, man, that guy was real busy. They were helped in all of this by their old friend-turned-enemy-turned-friend, the priest Kelru, who'd come there with his boyfriend Azash. They were both from the Scorched Hand, which I mentioned a little while back. And also, Citra's kind of boyfriend, Falto. Also, also, some guy who pretended to know them, a sorcerer named Kabeck, but turns out that he was a bad guy that didn't actually ever meet them before. The first two places were kind of a bust. Although he did find out that Citra's ancestor, Nahamra created a mask to forgotten pharaoh. When Djergit the II asked him to learn some great secret from Hakatep, which we're pretty sure now was like how shory aromancy works or maybe how the, the slave trenches work. We're not really positive which one of those it was. They were trying to learn something. Anyway, after this, Nahamra was banished and the II erased all records of his uncle Hakatap and also then took the mask and then shoved it into a little hidey hole in the new temple that he built where the city of Wati would eventually be. I Honestly, it just kind of sounds like they had a very dysfunctional family relationship and they probably should have talked more. Though they didn't find any information about the cult or the location of Hakatep's tomb, they did discover that Shishisek, the architect of Hakatep's tomb, was buried in the parched dunes and that his tomb might hold the secret key to their quest. They also found some clues to its general location. And they also participated in a chariot race where some dudes tried to kill them. Eventually, though, Kabeck betrayed the doorkeepers and he kidnapped Kelru. And then they were forced to, like, track him down, and they found where he was being held between two dead trees or something like that. And then Kamek was re- came out and revealed, Haha, I've been working for the Forgotten Pharaoh the whole time. Anyway, he brought in a bunch of guys plus a Medusa that I mentioned earlier, and they fought. And then, Onyris was killed in the fight. But Citra grabbed a mask and fled so the doorkeepers could escape. And they returned later to find out that Kabak had taken on Yurish's journal and had enough information now that the cult may be able to get to the architect's tomb first. They took their friend back and gave him a last farewell before they joined up with Falto and his expedition out into the parched dunes. It's actually all really sad here. He sounds like he was a really cool guy, like he and Mashika would have really gotten along. But, as sad as it was, it was also about to get awesome. So the doorkeepers left Tefu and traveled into the desert, following the river north. They eventually entered into the desert, but before they could stumble into a knoll ambush, a mysterious figure appeared. Gleaming, bright silver in the rays of the sun was a mighty silhouette of a vaguely anthropomorphic mechanical catfish, who asked these immortal words: "Are you Shavers?" That's right, it was me. Then Mashika came out. And, oh, oh wait, oh wait, the others are coming. Hold on, hold on, I'll be back. Just, just wait right here. Hey guys, what's going? What me? I don't know, I wasn't doing nothing. I was just shocking. It's not not, not nothing important. Hey, hey, that over there.
0: Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.